Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog in the trees of the fort. Now in life, some truths are better left uncovered, and that's even more true in the fort. Listener discretion is advised. I got the ghost. 
There's something that must be done, Peggy. Something only you can do. Peggy shook loose the images of the tree still growing and blooming in her mind and focused her eyes on the older woman. The tree lies about you. A tree cannot make life. Not life with two legs and eyes and a smart little smile and devilishly clever fingers. Edith Black leached through Peggy a grin, and Peggy shyly smiled back, lifting the one corner of her mouth. A smile that tried to hide the fact that while she liked the woman, it felt wrong receiving a compliment in that moment. In fact, with some time to breathe and think, she was surprised she'd even gone with the old woman at all. In all her life, she'd only met a handful of new folks. Folks who were from out of town or whose name she didn't know and she didn't trust them much. Not like she had trusted the old woman. Peggy had followed her into the woods and she'd taken her to a, a talking tree. Peggy cursed herself silently. She needed to get home to her mother, to Mildred, to hug her and hold her and whisper that she loved her the most and to cry with her about Tom as Peggy slowed beside the woman. As her breathing became staggered amongst the adrenaline-riddled ticks of her muscles as she prepared to run, she doubted she could outrun Edith, but knowing if she could make it to the tree line, she could outmaneuver her in the brush and thickly weaved branches. Edith grabbed her by the arm and violently swung her around. Don't go being your mother's daughter. Mildred had a chance. A chance to keep things right with a bog, with a clan, and with the long shadows. Peggy LaPont, you will do as you're told. For once, someone will do as they're told. Now, I've been kind, and I've been generous, and I've said all the right things that a little girl would want to hear, and given you hugs, and coddled you. Well, that's over. If you want to stop being tossed about like a feather in the wind, you need to smarten up, toughen up. That means facing some truths that would otherwise be left and kept buried. But right now, in this moment, you can't have that kindness. You can't be a child. You can't be gone as you say you feel. Because you've only just arrived. Your brothers are gone. But they were never meant to know the truth. And neither were you. But here we are. Many hours past the point of no return. Peggy could make a little sense of what point Edith was even trying to make. But she couldn't help but try to pinpoint that single second in time where they had reached it. That point of no return. 
had it been when she took hold of her outstretched hand, accepted her help? Had it been the madness which was the words of the tree? Had it been that very first bassy syllable? What had been the point of no return and when had they reached it? When had it passed without knowledge and without a second thought and why hadn't someone told her? It had been slow going for the two. The trail which had taken them out of Sanctum had been well worn and cleared at first, but the further they traveled, the more the roots began to reach out of the dirt to trap and ensnare their feet conspiring to make them tumble to the ground. And while most of the trip had been a silent one, as things usually were in Peggy's life, all of her excitement contained to her own introspection, Edith found ways to sputter on about the way of the world or what it meant to be born in Burns Bog, that it wasn't just another mosquito-infested wetland, that there was nobility in it. Frankly, it sounded like Edith's words were meant for another, not Peggy LaPont. A man and a woman, they meet, they love. They make more little men and little women who will one day meet love and make more multiplying rabbits they eat and they consume and they slaughter i know you don't see it but you should you need to our world is as simple as that for most folks when they get bored of that, they try to tell others how they should meet and love and make more of themselves. And when that isn't enough to smear rules on it all, rules over everything, rules over trees which are too tall, arbitrary heights chosen because it seems right. All to keep the lights on and the darkness out. Order is light, and chaos is dark. <laughs> That's what they say. But it's all hogwash. Peggy didn't care. She didn't see much point in listening either. But when there was little else to do, when it seemed as if they were traveling in circles, coming around to cross their own path countless times, there was little else to do than listen to the self-indulgent ramblings of old Edith Blackleach. To her, it seemed Edith only spoke because she was uncomfortable around people, and being around people who were silent made her more nervous still. Peggy didn't have any words or ways to articulate the way she felt when her insides felt like they were ballooning and contracting on fire and frozen all at the same time when she thought about Tom or her father or Ben or her mother, but it felt as if Edith didn't have the words either. The longer she listened to Edith, the less Edith seemed to say. Peggy was young and would learn, but Edith was simply put feral. Her words came as quickly as her thoughts, without much consideration for the way they were arranged and placed in order. The well-measured, kind, and simple woman 
the further along the path they traveled, just dissolved and evaporated until all that was left was a bitter husk of an unfulfilled life and unrealized dreams. Up ahead, there is a farmhouse. Edith Blackleach, suddenly stern and commanding, gestured forward. Peggy, who had been staring at her feet, watching her toes didn't get caught by malicious roots, looked at the woman before shifting her gaze ahead. You might recognize it. You may not. You have been there before, and you have not. Perhaps in a past life. There are answers to be had, little one. Answers to questions left by secrets and whispers. I will not go with you. You will go alone. Do not cry. Do not whine. Do not fall to the grass and clasp your knees to your chest and stare into nothing, waiting to die like you were when I found you. For once, someone must do as they are told. You will go alone, and I will leave you here while I attend to... Errands not suited for little girls. Leave her alone? Leave her alone in the woods? Peggy could feel the sweat gather on her brow. Go on now, Edith said, sensing the tension in Peggy, the way she'd felt the girl tense as she prepared to run in a moment of panic. Once I am done... I will return for you. Now go on. The farmhouse is in a field that kisses the tree line. You see the light coming through the trees? It's just up ahead. You can't be fearful. Not now. Go and be strong. Face those truths which would otherwise stay buried. If you were Mildred, they would be forgotten in time. But you are better than your mother. You will be better than her and better than me. Now, go. Her words were stern, but a touch of care had returned to them. Awkwardly, as if not sure whether to see the girl off or not, Edith backed away before turning and distancing herself from Peggy with a purpose-filled stride. Now what? Peggy wondered to herself. Was she missing something? Had she drifted off in a daydream and missed some crucial point of the old lady's diatribe? Why was she, a little girl, being set to explore on her own? Why had she been thrown into a world with talking trees and dead brothers to wander all alone? It seemed, at least to Peggy, that there was little reason. But there was 
little reason to most things in the world where arbitrary decisions had been made and decided were right and proper. Taking a deep breath in, she set off to where Edith had pointed to, to where the farmhouse stood just beyond the edge of the woods in a field for little reason but to fulfill what seemed like an arbitrary and benign request. And she would fulfill it because it was right and proper to do so as a child, when asked by an adult. The trees did give way to a field, just as Edith Blackleach had said they would. Great big fields of grass that seemed to raise themselves from the wet earth around them, big and green. They were soft and flowed against one another like soothing, polished waves of grass. And the grass, the grass grew tall. Damn tall, so tall it towered over Peggy, and for a girl as small as her, it may as well have been giant stalks of corn and not grass at all. She lifted her chin and stood on her tippy toes, trying to look over the leafy tips of the green lumbering ocean ahead of her. But it was much too tall. So she turned to see if there was a nearby tree that she might be able to climb, get a better angle, find her target. The farmhouse. But the trees were gone. She had wandered into the grass and all without thinking. Well, no matter, she'd only walk back a short distance and she'd find the edge of the woods and she'd climb the tree and then head back into the grass. Except for the fact that as she walked in the direction she'd come, the trees never seemed to appear. She leaned her foot against the base of the tall grass to bend it to see if she could see trees, to see if she was close, but all she saw was more vibrant, almost neon green. She was lost. Somehow, some way, Peggy had gotten turned around, twisted, confused. What direction had she come from? What direction was she supposed to head? Why was she so disoriented? Her head felt foggy and her chest felt tight. How would Edith find her in amongst the impossibly tall swaying grass when she returned? must have been the wind. Nothing to worry about, just the... Maybe, Peggy thought. Perhaps, Peggy mused. It was a little rabbit, hiding in the shade of the... She felt the twitch in her muscles return. The burn in her chest, the tightness in her throat that felt like she was about to burst into tearful wailing and scream her intent to fight with tooth and nail at the same time. But like Edith before, whatever it had been felt the slightest trembling of adrenaline in her knees, the ticking of its predatory instinct. And then there was nothing but silence. The wind had died. And whatever was in the grass and the weeds lay still and quiet. Peggy could only imagine the worst. Some shape-shifting form of teeth and fur, blood pouring from all the holes in its face, holes which shouldn't be there, holes where more eyes than anything had any business having had been plucked from their sockets. It was only her imagination. But the tree's words had not been, and if a tree could speak, and speak loudly, with grandeur, and proclaim itself a god, then 
that anything was possible. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build the mausoleum for the ones who will never die? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free, as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see, with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash thetownwhispers. If you would like to support us in other ways, please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers, or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. He's already dead.